What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Dolphins in Depth podcast. I'm Daniel Yafusi. Thanks so much for tuning in. I was off last week, but I am back this week to keep on talking Dolphins football. I know it's a bit of a, a dead period. Offseason workouts have ended. Uh, players are away from the facilities until late July, but we're still going to talk Dolphins. But with a little twist for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be breaking down the Dolphins as they kind of match up to their division rivals in the AFC East. And this week, we're going to start with the New York Gi- Jets, excuse me, not the Giants, the Jets. Uh, and to do that, I had to bring in uh, DJ Vianna friend of the show. He's been on a couple of times, um, outgoing Jets beat writer at the New York Daily News. I got to say outgoing because he announced uh, last week that uh, it's wrapping up this, this Friday, right, DJ? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm out of here Friday, you feel me? <laughs> bigger and better things you feel me but not yet but you know no i'm excited for you like you said uh yesterday's price is not uh, today's price is not yesterday's price butcher the line i know i butchered it i but yesterday's price is not today's price (laughs) shout out fat joe uh but yeah i'm really happy for you man you did a great work in your one year up there and like you said you can't announce it yet but i'm really excited for your next stop um, but we gotta we gotta wrap up your last week in good fashion, talking Dolphins Jets. Uh, I know you had a lot of fun with Jets fans on Twitter over the past year or so, uh, being a Dolphins fan yourself, talking to a Zach Wilson. So we, we we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up just like uh, just like that. Um, and, and we gotta start with the Jets. Um, you know, like I said, offseason workouts have ended. Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a big year for Zach Wilson in year two after some struggles as a rookie. Um, he obviously had a knee injury that sidelined him for a couple of games, but he's back. Same head coach, same offensive coordinator, um, some nice additions in the offseason like CJ Uzoma, um, offensive guard, uh, Lakin Tomlinson. They obviously drafted um, Garrett Wilson in the first round. Um, what did you see from Zach Wilson and, and what is the word out on Zach Wilson after uh, the offseason workouts? So I, you know, what I saw was a little bit more decisiveness, um, you know, just being able to read who he's supposed to read. Cause in the Jets offensive scheme, it's not really, you know, you got to read the safeties, see what coverage they're in and then proceed with that. Like some of their plays, it really doesn't matter what the coverage is. You're reading a specific defender and then attacking off of that specific defender. You know what I'm saying? Um, like hypothetically, like if you got a, a receiver in the slot running a go route, say running dark, dark counts, dagger concept, you got a slot receiver running a go route, and then you got the outside receiver running a, a in breaking route, let's say 10, 15 yards, whatever it is. Um, Zach is basically not whoever, you know, whatever safety is over that, um, whatever defender is over that slot receiver, that's what he's reading. You know what I'm saying? Whatever he does, he's reading off of that versus, let's say, him trying to figure out, okay, the safeties are doing this, the corners are doing that, linebackers are doing that. That's not what the offense is all about, really. Like, you got to really have trust in Michael Florida. He's going to put you in a good position consistently, play in and play out. And if he doesn't, that's when, okay, make a play for me. But throughout the offseason, they did a really good job. He did a really good job of trusting Michael Florida and the objectives of the offense and attacking it in that, in that manner versus where last year around this time, he looked he looked good for the most part. Like I'll, I'll give him that, but it was more like okay, 
you know, a receiver's off 10 yards or what? I mean, corner's off 10 yards. I'm going to just throw this out route. I'm going to just throw this hitch route. You know, like easy, simplistic completions that aren't really conducive to what NFL football really looks like. And he was going against a, you know, a weaker the talent, a weaker team defensively last year versus this year. That's why I was there's more variance where like he had some good moments and good practices and then it kind of fell off at times. Um, last year, it was, pretty, it was pretty steady and consistent. Like he was looking good majority of the time, like I said on another podcast, if Zach and OTAs last year and let's say there was no training camp, no, yeah, no training camp, a little, and, you know, he had the preseason, you know what I'm saying? He went into week one. You could have legitimately made the case that he could have been rookie of the year, but obviously that's not what happened. But this year there's a little more variance, but variance in a good way, right? Good def- defense, you know what I'm saying? They got more talent there and they were making plays and making Zach work and Zach, when he was on, you could tell his eyes were in the right spot, right? He was going through things a lot quicker and more decisive, which he didn't do a lot last year. Yeah, so really playing within the confines of the offense is what you're saying you're seeing more. And, uh, again, I seem like that was, like, the major knock on him. Like, like he has all the talent to make the throws. We saw all the off-platform throws at BYU and sometimes, you know, in the, in the first half of his rookie season. But right. it's like – and we talk about this a lot with like quarterback players, like that's not what it is on a on a play to play basis. It's it's nice to have that, like have that in your bag when things like you know turn to crap around you. But it's like you can't always you can't always just kind of like freelance, and you really got to know what you're doing on an individual play. So it seems like you know he's improving in that regard. Absolutely, yeah, 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 most definitely. You know, as I said, we always get enamored with like the the splash plays, but in reality, that's not what happens on each and every single play, like what makes Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady great is like outside of those five, maybe six plays within the confines of the game, they're just slicing and dicing you up. Yeah. Play, play after play after play. And then when it's time to create off script, then they make magic happen outside yeah. of Brady. Brady's not, you know, Brady, <laughs> Brady's just a genius and a cyborg and he's just making plays happen within the confines of the offense. But, yeah, bro, like, you know, that's why when, you know, Jeff fans always gas up Zach and they talk about his arm talent, off-platform stuff, they just forget that, like, that happens so infrequently throughout the course of a game. If you're relying on that, you are going to lose more than you win. Simple. You got to hit the layups. You got you, you to gotta hit the layups. And, yeah, you know, we're, yeah. we're going we're gonna to talk about it, in, you know, later on in the show. But, like, that's the thing about two. It's like two, it can hit the layups. Two, right. it can drop back one, one step, three step, whatever, and let it rip and, and hit his guy. But it's sometimes when, you know, the play breaks down, he's got to roll around. He's got to move around where, you know, you're not going to see the Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, or, you know, potentially Zach Wilson type deal. So, um, yeah, yeah I, obviously it's going to be a big, big year for the Jets. There's a lot, a lot of talk about the Jets' improvements. And, you know, uh, you know, I think the over-under on their wins is like – four and a half or five, I think it's five and a half or something like that. People are hammering the five and a half because they think that, you know, this is a much improved team. And that's really what I, what I want to get into. You know, it's not just Zach Wilson, but, you know, they had an active free agency. Like I said, bringing in some guys, they had a ton of draft capital. I mean, what's the vibe, you know, outside of Zach Wilson? What are, you know, Jets fans, Jets coaches really, really high on, um, you know, entering training camp? To be honest, I think they went into the season – I mean, the offseason, they went into it knowing Zach was bad as a rookie. And we should not expect 
Zach to be great in year two. We should not expect him to be very good in year two. We should expect him to be solid. And if he exceeds that, great. But with that approach, you want to build up the roster around Zach so he's not requiring him to be great. And you saw that with the moves that they made. And that's why I think the vibe in the in in the building is okay. We have a very good we have a very talented team. Like uh, there's Tom way more talent across the board on a team that's going to require not going to require Zach to be magnificent for us to have a shot at the playoffs. Like Zach can be let's say you know like 62% completion, 3600 yards, 22 to 24 touchdowns, 25 touchdowns. But the run game is good. Let's say Brees is a damn near 1,000-yard bag. Mike Carter is almost a 1,000-yard bag. And you got a good defense, a like top 20 or top 15. You're going to be able to win a lot of games that way, you know. Yeah. So um, I think that's the vibe is that they have a good team around Zach, a good good enough team around Zach to where he doesn't have to be uh, a superhuman. Because, again, like, people don't have the rookie year that he had, and then they – just turn it to like a bona fide star, star in the year two. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be a progression. He could get there yeah. if he does. It's gonna be a progression, not like a year one, the crazy year two jump. Right, um, right, right. Exactly. So it's funny you mention it though, like the kind of the the way that they approach the offseason. It's like, all right, we don't want our quarterback to to like have to be like a you know a, an elite top five quarterback to win right now. So we're just gonna flood him with skill position players, surrounding right. team teammates. It's like, it sounds like every other team not named the Bills in the AFC East. Because, I mean, that, that sounds like the Dolphins, to be honest. And right, yeah. I, I mean, I, I've said it. The Dolphins have put Tua in a situation where, you know, he's not going to have to do everything. He's going to have to I, – I, I keep on putting it this way. Tua is really going to have to mess things up for them not to be successful, you yeah. know, under Mike McDaniel because they got the running backs, they got Tyreek Hill, they got Jalen Wilder, they got Mike Gusecki. Um, the offensive line, you know, they added some pieces there. And even with Mac Jones, it's like Mac Jones might have like the lowest, you know, ceiling of it, all of them. But we already saw it as a rookie, like how efficient he can be if you just surround him with a good offensive line, you know, a solid running back and a great defense. So it's just funny, like we all know that the Bills and Josh Allen are like the class of the toast of the, of the division. And then you have a bunch of young quarterbacks where it's like, all right, we don't know how, how good they can be yet, right. but let's just like flood them with talent and then see where it gets. And I think it's a, it's obviously a good strategy because, you know, with the way, you know, quarterback contracts are, and you know, the, the second contracts, the second big extension, it's like, we, we talk so much about how teams are, or a lot of winning teams nowadays are maximizing that four or five year window where you're getting them on a relative, relatively cheap concept, contract. So it makes sense to, you know, flood them with teammates and see, all right, how, how good can they be? Um, and, you know, how, how, how far can they take us right now? So it's just interesting how it's like, you know, Jets fans, Dolphins fans, they've been going back at each other a lot over the offseason, but it's like, they all kind of in the same boat. Obviously the Dolphins have had a little more success over the, um, you know, in the, in the head to head matchup and whatnot. Um, but, but their franchises that are kind of in the same spot with their quarterbacks where it's like, we don't really know what we have here yet. And, and we're still in that kind of feeling out process. Yeah, man. That's what it kind of feels like. Uh, I think the team that's probably most out of, out of the Bills that's probably most confident in their quarterback is probably the Patriots because, I mean, Mac Jones did have a better rookie year than Tua had as a rookie and even better year than Tua had in second year. And then Mac Jones obviously had, like, triple the time, triple the year that Zach had. Um, so I think the Patriots feel more confident. But um, 
I mean, like, as you said, like he may have the, the lowest ceiling out of the, out of the three. So, yeah. I mean, obviously Zach has more natural talent than Tua and Mac the, Jones. Yeah, the, ceiling, the upside is there because of the physical tools, you know. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Zach can Zach can whip it in ways that is like I won't say like most quarterbacks can't, but like probably like sixteen quarterbacks can. You know what I mean? Yeah. In terms of just velocity, uh, you know, arm strength. Um, the bit like hit bro like his the way he can twerk and twerk or twerk i heard twerk <laughs> the way he can twerk is i guess his core to make certain throws but like he can just do it in like a snap of an instance it's just and get outstanding velocity on some passes is just yeah not special i'll give him that like you know that he has he just has to be able to read defenses and you know, when there's pressure around, but everybody listen, everybody can look good at OTAs, man. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's why I didn't I didn't want to make too much of it, you know, to a hit and Tyreek deep. That's good and all, but I'm like, man, it's it's so the it middle is. of middle of May, June. Right. Uh, you know, for the exactly. Dolphins case, you got backups in there. Like you don't want to make too much of it, but you know. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like yeah, like I, I completely agree. Like again, like it's it's June, it's May, like none of this stuff matters in like the grand scheme of things, it doesn't count. It's, it's not counting at all to what we'll right, like, see in the fall. Exactly. Like for us, like it, it, it doesn't move the needle for, for because again, like when uh, September, October, November hits, we're not going to be talking about OTAs. Yeah. Well, uh, we're going to take a short break, but when we come back on the other side of things, we're going to talk more about DJ squad. That is the dolphins. We're going to talk about how he's feeling about Tua, how he's feeling about Mike McDaniel how the Dolphins are going to do in 2022. So stay locked with us. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. What's going on, everybody? Still here on the Dolphins in Depth podcast, talking all things dolphins uh, with outgoing Jets beat writer, uh, DJ BNMA, uh, the first half, you know, we were uh, just rapping a little bit about what he's seen from Zach Wilson and the Jets and OTAs. Uh, but in the second half, we're going to switch gears, really locking in on the Dolphins and, um, you know, what's been a very active, active, active offseason. I mean, man, we're, this is like, we're finally reached like a, like a, a low. I feel like ever since Flores was fired, it's just been, it's yeah. been nonstop. It's been something every, every week, every other week. 
Um, but yeah, they're, they're locked in with new head coach, first year head coach, Mike McDaniel. Um, like I said, they wrapped up their, their first off season workout program under McDaniel, um, about two weeks ago. Um, and it, and it was a pretty successful, you know, we, we said these off season pro- programs don't really move the needle. Um, but, but it does carry a little bit more significance when you're a first year head coach, kind of, you know, getting a feel for your team, um, establishing your own routine, establishing your culture. Um, and, and they did that with Mike McDaniel and, you know, all eyes, everyone's, focused on what he's what is he going to do with Tua Tungabailoa who you know in, in two years has been you know he, he's been inconsistent you know some some of it his own issues some of it you know his supporting cast uh, but with Mike McDaniel who's kind of bringing in what's perceived as a, a quarterback friendly system the same system that they're running um in New York with that west coast you know wide zone scheme um the perception is that you know Tua he's in line for a breakout year. Um, we've talked a lot about this, you know, off camera, you know, uh, you know, privately, uh, but, but I'm, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts about Mike McDaniel and his potential with Tua? Um, so I, I mean, the West coast Shanahan offense obviously has produced a lot of success. Like, there's not that many quarterbacks that haven't done well in the system. So, it kind of lends you to believe that Tua should have a a better, I guess, you know, basically a breakout year three. We've seen Jared Goff cook in this system. We've seen Matt Schaub cook in the system. We've seen Brian Hoyer cook in this system. I saw Joe Flacco cook in that system a couple years yeah. back with uh, Gary Kubiak in 2014, I think, yeah. So, like, it's been proven. So, like, you, it's, it's pretty – I don't want to say pretty obvious. No, it's pretty obvious. As long <laughs> as he stays healthy for 16 games, he'll have career numbers across the board. He should be able to get well with 20 touchdowns. Should be able to get well over 3,500 yards passing. The question is, like, where do those numbers eventually lie? Yeah. And how quickly will he learn that you're, you know, you just want to let your offensive coordinator – it's weird, man. Because, like, with that, that scheme, they want a lot of – I won't say they want a lot of control, but, like, they believe so much in their scheme that you kind of got to let them – kind of guide you and how much will Tua be receptive to just being guided. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that he's going to have any issues with that. That's not what I'm saying. But like where he doesn't overthink things and he just trusts Mike McDaniel's plan, play in and play out, you know, and obviously when things don't work, can he make something shake out of that? So I think he's still going to have, um, I think he'll have his best season to date. Cause obviously like, how can't you, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Mike Kosek, you got Jalen Waddle, you got, yeah. Cindy Wilson, you got a better offensive line. You're going to have, you know, you basically got like three running backs now because you got uh Edmonds, you got Sony, you and got Mostert. um Gaskert, Gaskin, you got Moster, like you got so many weapons now. So I think you know they've isolated the variable and if Tua steps up and performs well, then you're good. If not, you try to find a replacement. The question is like what what numbers does he have to put? up for them to be content with two and yeah to be confident exactly you know he got to be over 30 touchdowns or or at least i mean i'm not saying that that's not unattainable but he got i'm sorry it it is what it is right because we've seen quarterbacks in in a system similar to this put up numbers that are good that are efficient and they have proven they weren't the guy jared goff Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, yeah. Hell, like Baker kind of runs a similar system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a similar, similar scheme. System, and they got rid of him. Like, you got to be able to put up some, like, legitimate big-time numbers for it to be like, all right, yeah, we can go forward with this. Like, 25 touchdowns for an entire season, 
might not cut it, especially like it, it would just depend how far they go. Like if they make it to the playoffs and make a run, like get to the FC Championship game, they're cool. But like, bro, like so many corporate and it's even like Ryan Tenno had a, had like 41 touchdowns total in this system. So like yeah. you gotta put up some crazy numbers for you to feel good about going forward. Yeah, that's a really interesting thing that you bring up because, I mean, the elephant in the room is that the Dolphins have, I believe, two first-round picks next year. They've got a ton of top 50, top 100 picks in 2023. Um, I got to say, I mean, the Tom Brady rumors, I mean, they've been like cloud, they've been like a cloud over the organization, you know, ever since the season ended. Um, And I'm sure that until Tom Brady, like, says – I'm retired and he takes the Fox money. Like right. that's, that's going to be a cloud hanging over the franchise. Right. And it is a really interesting conversation. Like at what point, what numbers does two have to put up? What does two have to do for them to like go into the, the following off season and say, we're not, we're not seeking a new quarterback. Right. Um, because you can look at the number the counting stats and stats and be like, Oh, they're, they're good numbers, but like the context of them, you know, I think it's more one of those deals where you're going to see like, like for me, and, and we haven't even touched on it because, you know, we've talked about this so much, but like the deep ball stuff, like, I think that's overblown. That's way think, overblown. Yeah, it's I, the I intermediate think, stuff for him. It, exactly. He was terrible exactly. last year in, on any intermediate throws. Terrible. Exactly. It's fine. It's intermediate. And I, and I think that's more so like trusting, trusting like what he sees on the, in the field, what, what, what he sees in terms of the defenses and on the field. I think that's, that's why he has some of those issues. And it's interesting. Right. Like you, you hear these comments about him being like, Oh, there's people saying, Oh, he's a one read quarterback. Da, da, da. Um, you know, that's why they, in, that's why they implemented the, the, the system that they had last year with the RPO. And it's like, I think that's my one thing for two. I think that even in, in OTAs, like the issue for me or the one thing that maybe concerned me was like, oh no, not him throwing deep, but like him just reading the field and trusting his eyes. And I think that obviously he's facing the defense, you know, with Josh Boyer and then that's like one of, one of the best units in the NFL. Um, but if I have one concern about Tua himself, it's like trusting his eyes and, and reading the field. And I think that that's one of those things as a young quarterback where it's like, most young quarterbacks struggle with that. But as you see more defenses, as you get more comfortable in the system, you start to trust what you see more. And truthfully, I think like, again, I keep on saying it's going to be hard for Tua not to mess it up. Like the way Tyree Kill and Jalen Waller are just going to like influence defenses. I mean, yeah. it's it's going to be like you said, like trusting the offensive coordinator, throwing to a spot and letting a guy work. Um, right. So again, I, I mean, I've been saying it, you know, since they brought McDaniel in and, and made the moves they made. Um, I'm bullish on the Dolphins. I think that Tua is going to have a good season. But again, like you said, it's that question of like, how good does he have to be um, for the Dolphins, you know, brass to say, yeah, we're comfortable going forward with them. Because like you said, Jimmy Garoppolo took the 49ers to a Super Bowl oh, and two and, NFC, and, NFC championship games. And right. they're, they're, they're praying his shoulder is good so they can trade that dude <laughs> before the start of the season. So the question yeah. is like, how good is Tua and what do they need to see specifically to feel comfortable going, going forward with them, you know? Yeah. I mean, like um, when it comes to that, you know, cause they do have two first round picks next year. My thing is uh, with the roster that they have, you probably don't move off a of Tua for a rookie. You probably try to move off a of Tua if he doesn't. For an established, for an established quarterback. Right. The question is who is that guy going to be? Like, we don't, we don't know yet, but then again, like you never know what's going to happen in a year, you know, you feel me? Like, you just really don't know. Yeah, I mean, this this just this past, past offseason, Russell Wilson. I mean, we all kind of, we kind of all kind of saw that 
But again, I think that, you know, we didn't really believe it until it happened. But you again, like you said, you just never know who might become available. You know, we're just living. It seems like we're just in a in a new era with the NFL of like, you know, we talked about it with basketball and how LeBron kind of ushered in like player empowerment, player movement. But it seems like now like players are like, shoot, especially NFL players like, shoot, I I, want to leave like trade. Like they'll they'll, they'll, they'll force their hand out. So it it will be interesting to see what happens if, if, you know, things kind of go that route. but we gotta we, we gotta change change shift gears real quick, and I gotta put your feet to the fire. Oh, here we go. I gotta do it. I gotta do it. So we talked about this before we recorded. I said I said I, I gotta ask DJ, uh, are you taking Tua or Zach in twenty twenty two? But I feel like that's too easy because Zach is a second yeah, year player. I would take I would yeah. take Tua because Tua has more talent around him, and Tua. I mean, it's gonna be his third year. Yeah, but but. We, but exactly, that's that's the easy cop out. I'm saying two years from now, so entering 2023. Do you think you'd rather have Tua or Zach Wilson? Because you gotta, because to pick Zach Wilson, you gotta have faith in you know what he's gonna what he's gonna show and the improvement he's gonna make in year two. And if you're taking, you know, Tua in 2023, two years from now. You're pretty much saying, yeah, this dude's going to be a, a legitimate starter, you know, with, with Mike McDaniel, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, which isn't which isn't a bad guess, a right. bad prediction. I think most people right. are expecting him to, to put up some numbers with that crew. But uh, I think I'll probably say Tua because I've seen I haven't watched a ton of Zach Wilson, but even I've watched, you know, I've watched a ton of both. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even but even in the even in the one game that he played against the Dolphins, I thought that he he looked a little limited. I think they ran the ball a lot. They it some it seemed like they're almost like taking the ball out of his hands. For right. him, so he didn't mess things up. Right. Um, so I think I think I roll with Tua right now, especially like for for two plus years after. Um, I think I you who I would go with. I think. So I think I think both of them probably work out. I think they both probably work out. If I'm being honest, ah, yeah, I think they <laughs> both probably work out when I think about it. Cause like just the talent and like talking to some more people, the Jets building, um, it just seems that like Zach's in a much better place. So I think he, I think there's a good chance he works out, and I think you know, Tool works out. So if they both work out, I'm gonna go to the guy that's more talented. So I'm gonna go with that. Oh man, I was gonna say you were trying to like placate and like satisfy nah. both the Jets no, and Dolphins no, no, Twitter. No, no, no. And then you were like, nah, bump Dolphins Twitter. I'm going with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the more talented guy. If I think both are gonna work out, then and I'm gonna just go to the more talented guy because like Zach can do things off platform that Tua just will never ever be able to do. So I mean it's, it's, it's that's what it just comes down to. Like I'm, there's I'm just taking, things that yeah. Zach can do off platform that Tua just won't. I mean, he just doesn't have that athletic ability. So I think, but I think both will work out. It just, I yeah. think that if I had to pick one, I'm gonna go with. It's all about aesthetics. I'm gonna go with the guy that's more physically gifted across but the board. So, but sometimes, you know that you know that phrase. I'm not gonna butcher this phrase, but they say all that glitters isn't gold. That's know? true. That's true. But all yeah, that glitter ain't gold. All that glitter ain't gold. But you know, I I just wouldn't take 2011 Matt Moore over Tua. <laughs> we're not gonna get into that we're not gonna get into nah, that listen, I, I, I love omar man but omar was tripping on that one <laughs> shout, <laughs> shout out omar. When you say stuff like that you basically saying like you think two is gonna be ass that is Dude, it. That, that's what you're saying without saying not real i don't think he realized basically he was saying that two is ass because if you think matt moore 2011 
that you think Tua is ass. Like, come on. <laughs> like, bro, like, you know, the Dolphins saw Matt Moore in 20, 2011. They went and they drafted a quarterback that was a former wide receiver. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You feel me? Like, come on, bro. Like, like Matt Moore was in the building for, for years. Tannehill get hurt in 2017. Adam Gates says, you know what? Go get me, Matt. Don't go get me Jay Cutler. After Matt Moore <laughs> took him to the playoffs. After he got hurt. What was Jay Jay in that defense? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, come on, bro. Like, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you know, that's neither here. I was gonna say we didn't go. I was like, we're not gonna go there, but we went there. But all right. And the last question I gotta ask you. So, like I said, the the, the Bills, they're the top dogs in the FC East, Super Bowl favorites. Um, but I feel like that number two spot is definitely open. You know, I know the, the Patriots finished number two last year, uh, second in the division, made the playoffs, but um, I'm not impressed by what they've done this offseason. So that number two spot in my eyes is up for the taking. Um, I think the Dolphins are definitely probably the viewed as kind of the favorite to be, you know, runners up to the Bills. But is there any way the Jets can, can kind of leapfrog and go from fourth to second in the division? Yeah, so like the defense, I think if the defense plays at a top 10 level, then yeah, I think the defense plays like how San Fran's defense played in 2019. Then yeah, absolutely. Like, absolutely. Like that defense was like bonkers. You know what I'm saying? Or if the, the their defense plays um, like the Bills' defense played in 2019, Josh Allen's second year. Because like the Jets' defense and the Bills' defense, they have a lot of similar concepts. They both run a 4 3. Um, I've talked to Robert Sala before. And he's talked about how, like, a lot of cover two stuff. Yeah, like Sean McDermott's taken some of his, some of his stuff and made it a little bit better, or and vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So like, they run similar, they run similar schemes. You know, like where it's a lot of the early downs. It's you know, uh, vanilla off man stuff, and then you know they get they get real creative on third downs and stuff. But yeah. uh, yeah, man, I think that the Jets, if that happens, they could be they could be second. I think that um. The Dolphins out of all those three teams have the best shot to leapfrog the Bills if I had to pick one. Can yeah. they just have when, when you when you look at the Dolphins roster, like they have players that are legitimately like arguably top five at their position, right? Yeah. And, at, and at premium positions, we talked at about premium positions. They have like, top five talent at premium positions, like, like yeah. you said, wide right. receiver, cornerback, edge rusher. You know, those types of positions, they have you know I mean? top five talent. In corner, like, they, they yeah. have, like, Xavier Howard is arguably a top five corner. You got Armstead, arguably, arguably a top five left tackle. You got Tyree, two guys. Tyree Kill and Waddle could be a top guy. Like, that should be the best receiver tandem in the league. You know For what I'm sure. saying? Like, just, right a matter, just a matter of if, if, if everything goes right with the quarterback and learning right. that new system. That, that's the only question that there is. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you put, like, let's say you put, I don't know, like, Lamar Jack. Like, you, let's, you put, like, a legitimate, like, star in the Dolphins offense like it's not that quarterback it's, yeah it's a, yeah a quarterback it's a coin flip between them and the Bills if we're just being honest like, it's a coin flip let's say like like if Justin Herbert was in this offense we'd be talking about can Dolphins win the Super Bowl if Burrow or Lamar or Kyle Murray people be talking about that it's just you know like it's just question marks with with, with Tua like the Dolphins over under is like nine like nine yeah 8.5 8. Like something like that yeah so basically like the Vegas is telling you that there's talent on this roster. We just don't know about the quarterback. And I think we both agree that Tua is going to have a much better year. We just don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Nah, most definitely. Most definitely. I mean, like I said, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like premium positions, the Dolphins just went all in and definitely added yeah. talent. I mean, we even saw it the, the second meeting 
with the Dolphins and the Bills, where um, I think it was on yeah. it was on Halloween, where it's like they gave them a run for their money. Like That's I know you, you, we don't, we don't, yeah, we don't, we don't, we don't count like you know we don't get participation trophies and whatnot. But for two and a half quarters, like they gave the Bills a run for their money, and they I think right. they limited the Bills to like their worst first half of the entire season. Yeah, I remember that game. Yeah. I remember I remember rewatching that game and just thinking like that defense finally figured it out. Yeah, like because the defense was holding them, it's the offense didn't give them nothing. But like the defense finally figured it out. Uh, I'm I'm really intrigued to see what Tua looks like in a legitimate NFL offense. Because if you ask me, I was more impressed with his rookie year than I was with his second year. Because second year was so much smoking mirrors because of all the RPO stuff. But like, that's just not that's not sustainable. sustainable you know yeah. Like year one, he had like a legitimate offensive coordinator in Chan Gailey, who eventually got you know we don't know if he got ran out or he just wanted to get out, whatever it was. But like. There were moments where Tua looked like, okay, I see why they took him number five overall. You know, whether it was that Cardinals game or whether it was even like some of that Chiefs game. Chiefs game, yeah, yeah. You know, whether there was some of that, you know, even a little bit of the Patriots game where like I don't have any weapons, but I'm gonna allow my run game and we're gonna make something shake. Or yeah. even like the, a little bit of the the Chargers game where you were seeing things that made you go, hmm, last year you just didn't see that like. I was more impressed with his rookie year versus his his second year. Granted, like the circumstances were a lot worse offensively. Yeah. The offensive line was 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 terrible. His receivers, um, most of them were you know were hurt. Injured, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I saw the Waddle, um, and obviously the offensive line was terrible. But yeah, man, I was more impressed with his rookie year, man, because like you saw things that made you think, hmm. So I, I'm really intrigued to see what. He looks like in a real NFL offense. Cause again, the RPO, that's just that's just hogwash. Like that's not because again, like you saw how that stretch it, he he was putting up really good numbers and like when they played, but when they played a really legitimate when they played a legitimate defense and a legitimate team, they faced the Titans and it was right. like they were they were they were onto it, and then when they got into right, like, exactly. long, I always say it when you get into like third and eleven, like you're not running RPOs, like you're, yeah, you're exactly, dropping back, exactly. reading the defense, and throwing a strike. And right, like, yeah, yeah the RPO bro. can like, get you some, it can get you some places, but it can't take you take you where you need to go completely. Exactly, like think about it, like he threw for at the, he he had arguably he had one of his best games that first game against the Jets. But then when he played them again the second time, they, they were onto it. it yeah, yep, yep. They had them figured out. They like they knew what Tua was trying to do. That's why he he struggled a little bit. So I, I, I really want to, I really wonder what he's going to look like in year two, I mean, you know, in, you know, in this system where it's like a real actual uh, offense, like yeah, NFL system. offense, you know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, it is going to be interesting to see. Um, and even though you won't be covering the AFC East and the Jets directly, I know you're going to be in the middle of all the, the Dolphins Jets talk on Twitter, just stirring it up like you always do. Um yeah. But I appreciate you. Like I said, um, congratulations. I'm really excited for your next move. Um, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, so, you know, more more, uh, more blessings to you. Really, really proud of you, man. Yeah, man, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Um, you know, we, you know, I'll be back in Miami in a couple of weeks and we can uh, get Link up. up. <laughs> <laughs> link up again, you know, link up. Yeah, again. man, 125, 125, but... <laughs> That, that, that's all. Oh, man. That brings us to the end of another edition of the <laughs> Dolphins in that podcast. Like I said, I want to thank DJ so much for joining me. Uh, we're going to be back again to talk Dolphins football as we kind of take a trip around the AFC East and, and look at how uh, Miami matches up with their division rivals. But until then, you guys take care. See you.